Welcome to The Edge of Act, the podcast where we explore the intersection of human stories and business success. I'm your host, Carolyn Crawford, and I'm thrilled to have you join me as we explore the minds of entrepreneurs, marketers, and visionaries who have mastered the art of alchemizing their personal journeys into their business success and learn how you can apply what they've learned to your own business. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply someone fascinated by the power of human stories, The Edge Effect is here to offer you insights, inspiration, and a fresh perspective on what it truly means to make your mark in the world. Get ready to be moved, motivated, and challenged as we embark on this incredible journey together. So let's begin. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this is The Edge Effect. I am with the amazing Leslie Stevens, CEO of The Cultivated Vision, a company that helps service-based entrepreneurs get consistent clients without the pressure to post on social media. Leslie, welcome. I'm so excited to learn more about you, the cultivated vision, and the human story behind the brand. Oh, Caroline, I'm so happy to be here and to tell you everything. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay. So I like I said, I've already told you that I'm kind of obsessed with your perspective on it, especially the kind of going against the grain with social media. So there's I definitely want to dive into that, but I first want to dive into your background a little bit. I believe you started as a dietitian and then moved into branding and marketing. Can you share a little bit about that experience and that evolution for yourself? Absolutely. So my new branding and marketing business has really been born out of my my rebelliousness. I'll say that. So I am a registered dietitian and a personal trainer. And I went and got my master's degree, did the internship, everything that you needed to do to get all of the qualifications. So I saw some gaps when I was in my internship and I was like, oh, I could provide a really great service if I started my own private practice. So I did that and I started marketing myself online because that's what everybody told me to do. Friends, family, teachers. And then I even invested in business coaches and their suggestion was always just post on social media more and you'll get more clients. So for years, I invested in figuring out how to make content, how to make content that connected with people and made sales. And I stayed up with the algorithm and all of those things. But I'm also very introverted. And it's not in my nature to really share so much about my life. And I'm also a person who has to practice what they preach because that's just something deep down in my soul. I feel like you need to be the leading example for whatever you're suggesting for other people to do. So essentially, my life became content. So this introverted girl was like, okay, well, I have to share how did I sleep? How did I manage my stress? Did I work out that day? What did I eat throughout the day? And it became so incredibly overwhelming. And I was at a point where I was talking to my husband about starting a family. And I was like, I can't keep going this way. If we're going to start a family, if I'm going to like raise a child, all of these new things that come in. And honestly, I couldn't keep working 16 hours a day. I was working really long hours because I was trying to balance my clients I already had and then creating content. And it just wasn't working. And I had naturally kind of fallen into this place of creating things for other entrepreneurs who I was friends with because they saw my branding. They saw my websites. They saw all the things that I could create. So I was like, oh, I could charge people for this. 
So I started doing branding packages and things like that. And I had this incredible friend who I met who actually did the branding for like Stuart Weissman and MasterCard and the Met. And she really took me under her wing and like guided me. So I feel like you meet the right people at the right time. And that was a really big sign for me to just take the leap and shift into branding. And I had realized I was completely sold out for my first three months in that brand new business with no social media platform, no website, no online presence at all. And I still thought, oh my gosh, I need to post on Instagram or no one's going to buy me. And I had this huge aha moment and I was like, wait, I haven't been doing that. And I've been getting clients consistently Mm -hmm. and it hasn't felt hard. And I've been able to just do the stuff that I love. So I was like, let me look at the things that I've been doing. I've been having conversations. Mm-hmm. I've been doing small group trainings. I've been making like real connections in various different ways that really worked for my personality and my brand. So I was like, oh my gosh, I just need to do more of this. And right. I don't have to post on social media. And I had friends who one, didn't start their businesses because they didn't want to have to post. Wow. And two, I had other friends who were incredible business owners, like very successful, but they always came to me. And we always talked about like kind of feeling like failures because Mm -hmm. we couldn't keep up with content at the same time as keeping up with everything that goes with running a business. And I was like, we are measuring success by the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And I have this opportunity to teach people that there's another way. And if anything, to just shift the mindset of having to be this influencer to have a successful online business, because you don't have to be, there are so many paths to success. We just get so caught up in this social media world because we're in all the time. Okay. I'm so obsessed with literally everything that you said. And I have, I have so many thoughts around it too, because I think, and again, I, this is what I was saying earlier to you of like, what, my perspective is so complimentary to yours because this world that we are in marketing is so good at marketing rightfully so right that and like everything is just kind of a one-upmanship from one another in many ways and like it's it puts so much pressure on business owners and it puts so much pressure even if you're not just a business owner doing it all even if it's just an internal team People say they need it, but they don't, they're really not comfortable with investing in it in the right way. And I've dealt with that firsthand. I've experienced a similar thing, even with myself. I'm a marketer who like doesn't really market myself, at least in the traditional sense, right? So I think I personally can relate to every single thing that you're saying. And I think so many other people can, as you've even you you know, experience yourself, you're like this aha moment came to you. So I'm curious to know. And I, I also really love how you were like, you know what, let me look at what works. Because I think a lot of people we hear and that the number one thing, like you said, get on social media, do X, Y, and Z. And you were like, I know, like, let me look at what I was doing that I actually love doing, because that was what was working for me. And it was building connections, having conversations, those small group trainings, like you said. 
So how did you come about doing that stuff? And how did you start filling up your calendar um, in an organic way? Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that I started with was I was part of a mastermind group. And what that coach told us to do was post on social media more. That was the recommendation she had to me every every week that I came in. And I was like, okay, well, there's something missing here because she is extremely successful. She even said herself, if she didn't have a business, she wouldn't be on social media. And I was starting to see this mismatch between what she was actually telling us to do and what she was actually doing. Mm. So I started watching what she was doing. And these were things that she she had taught us how to do, like how to do like master classes and small group trainings and like all of those things, like reach out to podcasts, interviews, things like that. But they were kind of brushed over. They were minimized in a sense because mm-hmm. being an influencer for your business was really amplified. So I stopped listening to her and I just started watching her. And I realized she had done trainings in Boss Babe and Mm. she had gotten herself a part of really great networks. And she did trainings in very specific areas where she knew her ideal client was hanging out. So I was like, what if I do those things? So I started doing them and they worked. I had a 50% conversion rate off of the back of my small group training. And I was like, this is working really well. And at the beginning, when I had like podcast interviews and things like that, I was terrified to do them. I will tell you that (laughs) I was terrified to do them. But over time, it became a great way for me to connect with people and learn about people and really tap into my genuine curiosity about people Mm -hmm. and what they do and how they help people and great collaborations were born out of it in terms of maybe we borrowed each other's audience in a few different ways or created something together that was able to grow like a specific part of my audience directly to who I wanted to reach Mm -hmm. instead of kind of posting and hoping the right people would see it yeah so it was amazing yeah it was more of a direct approach and it was something that I did in my health coaching business, but I completely disregarded because I partnered with gyms to give talks when I was a dietitian. I partnered with personal trainers to support their clients with nutrition. Even though I was a personal trainer, I knew I could compliment them with my registered dietitian credentials. So it was working with these strategic partnerships with people I could help. And those are things I didn't even think about. I was just like, oh, I'm posting. That's where I'm getting my clients. But every single client I got, I had made from a different type of connection. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important to, to reflect on, right. Of just that connection piece where it's just like you, and it varies for everyone, right. Because I've definitely seen people who are very comfortable on social media are so good at it just naturally. They don't even like, I know one coach who doesn't even need to pay anyone she she tried and it was like you know what no like this is my thing it needs to come for me whatever and I respect the hell out of that but I also think that to your point right it's just like there I would like in my where I've been sitting is so many people are like I don't know what to post I'm so inconsistent about posting and they feel this shame around it And that shame comes because they're not doing that. It also therefore kind of bleeds into them prevent, like preventing them to do other things as well, for instance. 
And I've definitely felt that even for myself of just being like, you know, oh, I'm a marketer who doesn't really market right or something like that. And it's just like, we can get so easily caught up with the way that we think we should do something. And from what you're saying, it's like, it's almost like, what if we just, like, if we remove, if social media didn't exist tomorrow, the legs that you're building via your method and the cultivated vision is what's going to still remain because at the end of the day, no one can take away connections. No one can take away organic building. So I think that's incredible that one, you came to realize that and that you're also very strategic about where you put your time and energy as well into those strategic partnerships. Can you share a little bit about how you kind of over, you said a little bit about how you kind of were fearful at first when doing it and hosting these trainings. Can you share a little bit about that process for those who also fear, because may kind of relate to you in that introverted way and feel fearful. Oh my gosh, I can't speak. Feel (laughs) fearful around that as well. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very much in my nature to do things scared. So I always try to just get myself used to doing things and being nervous because it's okay. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to not be perfect. All of these things that we assume we have to be the first time we do things like nobody's even perfect the 50th time that they do things. So if you're nervous to host your first event or talk, even reach out to somebody to be like, hey, do you want to collaborate? The more you do it, the easier it's going to get. So it's like working out a muscle. Like you're not going to go into the gym and pick up 50 pounds and start curling it. You're probably going to start with five, tens, work your, work your way up, get a little bit stronger. It's all about putting in the reps and practice beforehand. Even if you're just talking to yourself on your computer, the more you actually talk out loud and say all of these things that you want to say, the easier it gets, the more it flows, all of these things that you have to practice. But the biggest thing is having this mental shift around, it's me putting this out there and I need clients from it. You Mm -hmm. have to remove your ego from it and trying to gain something from it and realize that you're there to support those people. So when you're coming from a place of service, or if one thing I say can help change somebody's mind, or if one tactic I give them can support them in changing the way they do their business, then you've succeeded. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started to shift and really take myself out of the picture and see how can I help these people the best. And that made everything so much easier for me. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And it's so true, right? Because we can so easily get caught up in like, okay, how, what will I get from this? What will I do? But it's like, ultimately, yes, sales are always the goal when it comes to marketing, but really your business is always there for a reason. And it's not just related to money. So I think that's an important factor to always keep at play. So, yeah. Uh, Can you share a little bit about kind of I think you call it the client connection method, right? That's your signature program and whatnot. Can you share a little bit about that process and why? Because I love the name and it it goes and it, it's just like reflects so beautifully with everything that you were just saying. So I'd like to pick your brain about like how that kind of came to be um, and, and what it sort of 
means beyond even just marketing? Yeah. So it's a, it's a really simple three-step system that I created. It's making connections, convert, having conversations, and then convergence or getting your clients. So it's the three C's. And it's all based off of just having more conversations. And this really stemmed from a conversation that I had with somebody where she was talking about how she was hiding behind her social media posts. And that's something that really, it hit me pretty hard because I realized for four years I had been posting things, but I was really hiding because I was afraid to put myself out there. I was afraid to really put myself in a vulnerable place where somebody could say, no, I don't really want to be your client. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, okay, the places where I actually get clients are having conversations, whether it's one-to-one in a group, having an interview, anything like that. It's stemming from having more conversations. So when you have those smaller conversations and just put yourself in the position to talk to five people every single week, you're going to have five more opportunities to then get more clients in the door, whether it's that person or a referral from the person you talk to or just something in passing where somebody's like, oh, I talked to Caroline or I talked to Leslie, you should talk to her. And then they like, it comes down the line. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of after making those connections, having the conversations that really convert is being strategic about the way that you're conducting these conversations. Like what type of information are you giving them? What types of questions are you asking them? Are you speaking directly to what they need or just speaking directly to what you believe would help make a sale for you? Mm -hmm. One of my favorite questions going into any type of conversation that I would like to convert is what's the most important thing to you when it comes to your branding and marketing? Mm-hmm. Because that's going to direct the whole rest of the conversation. For sure. So again, whether it's me just talking to you and you can tell me exactly what you're looking for and exactly what you need. And I can speak to everything that I can provide for you to reach that goal. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm collaborating with somebody who's already created an audience of my ideal clients and I can provide value to them, I can talk to that one person and say, hey, what is the most important thing? thing that you need me to provide to your audience mm-hmm. or what's the gap that you see that could complement what you do and what I do and we can gain even more from that so it's being strategic about those conversations and then that naturally leads to the conversion and getting the client which is then the sales conversation and that's all about confidence yeah that's I think that's such great advice and something that I think we could so easily forget in the moment because And I've definitely, especially earlier on when I first started my own business, and I've talked to so many other business owners as well who shared similar experiences of like, it's when we have an offer in our heads, right, where we try to attach the person to the offer, when really, it's not about the offer, it's about what that person needs and how you can help. Because most of the time, it is a good fit. It is, you know, there are, there are factors that impact that, of course, but like, you know, most of the time, if you're talking to someone, it's likely that they need your help because you started talking to them for a reason. Right. And so I think, like you said, the most important thing that they need is to know that you can handle the most important thing that they can do. And I think that's great advice. 
Well, the most important part of the client connection method altogether is the fact that we tailor it to people's businesses Mm -hmm. because everybody's business is different. Everybody else's strengths are, are different. So we don't just say you need to do X, Y, and Z in terms of your marketing strategy. We give options. We encourage everybody to try every option, but we look at the data. So we try and pull emotion out of it. I see this, especially I was this way in my first business. I see it with a lot of other entrepreneurs we tap into like, oh, that made me feel uncomfortable or, oh, I didn't like that so much instead of looking at how much did you actually convert off the back end? Mm-hmm. Is that really working for you? Should you find a way to make it more comfortable for yourself or should you find a different way? So we actually look at the data that they're bringing in from the actions that they're taking so that we can turn it into a system and then they can take out that all of that mental energy and know exactly what actions they need to take every week, every month, every quarter to hit their client targets instead of getting that shiny object syndrome, scrolling through Instagram, being like, but this person got this many clients from this and Mm -hmm. I should try this strategy. I need that email list that that person who's been in business for 10 years and like all those things we were talking about, like you get caught up kind of looking at other people when you're not confident in your own marketing methods. And it's just building that confidence in like, okay, I can have 10 conversations this week if I want 10 clients for next month. Mm -hmm. It's doing the math, looking at your conversions. That would be a very high conversion rate. But (laughs) But still, I think the sentiment lands because it's like, you know, and and again, you're talking more about, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it essentially when it, what it boils down to this method is finding out, what feels natural for them to do in terms of how they build connections because no matter what when you land a sale you it's because you guys mutually agree that there's a connection there for whatever that looks like and I think that this method when you boil it down it really is a matter of like okay let's look at what is uncomfortable for you and what actually feels organic and natural And then that's how, like you said, the conversion piece earlier on, you mentioned that it's really all about confidence. That's a sales conversation, right? And so (laughs) it's nice that you guide people through that process to say, okay, this is like, this is why it may be uncomfortable, but it's something that's going to follow, fall, you know, (laughs) that discomfort will fall or maybe let's pivot. And I think that's such a, such a special approach because I think a lot of people just don't like a lot of coaches. I've even experienced this myself where they're like, nope, just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Not paying attention Mm -hmm. to why I don't want to do it or why it's not working. Like sometimes it is, like you said, the data is there and you look at that to impact it. But the, but you're like looking be like the numbers are almost like not, I hate to say not solely, they're not what matters they're just kind of arbitrary to an extent if you some but you're, because you're looking at something deeper. Does that seem accurate or did I completely twist everything that you shared? No, definitely. <laughs> well, you want to you want to build the foundation of your business on something that doesn't feel like an uphill battle every single day because mm-hmm. then you burn yourself out like I did. 
Yeah. And your marketing strategies are how you bring in clients and you need to be able to do that consistently to build a successful business. And what we're doing is we're getting you in front of the right people so that down the line, when you want to build your email list, you have the right people to be in front of, to send your freebie out to, or your free training, something like that. We are before the email list. We're before social media marketing. We're before all of that. And you can build it on the back end of all of these strategies that we use. So it's just the foundation that you build. And then when you reach that part where you're getting consistent clients and you feel confident in your business, and then you have the capacity to maybe expand your team or expand your creativity and you can add in social media marketing and you can add mm-hmm. in all these things that huge businesses have because you have the choice and you have the stability yeah. to be able to support your clients and your business growth. I love that you use the word foundation. I think that is such an important word because we have a tendency to get just hit the ground running, go, 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 go. And especially in the coaching space, I feel like the, there's kind of a buzzword, messy action um, and aligned action and whatnot. But like that can vary that. And like that's that adds to the pressure. And I'm I'm someone who's kind of a perfectionist. So that's why like messy action does not work well for me. <laughs> and like, I like to plan it all. I like to see it through, see how it's going to go or whatever. But which is good or bad. I'm not saying that's the way to go. But I think I love that you say foundation, because every single thing that you do, you have to build on top of what you've been doing. And that is how you scale your brand. And you can't jump to the next level if you're standing on shaky ground, right? Like if you, let's just say for a lack of a better example, you're posting on social media like once a week and you can do like, but you're like inconsistent with it. You can't just all of a sudden next week start saying, I'm going to post five, five times a week, right? And like expect all of these different results just because you're doing more. Eventually, you're going to see that the results aren't there that you think they are and will likely burn out. Like, and I think if you establish that foundation into your point with this method, right? It's like understanding what what building a connection feels like for you because it may be different for everyone. And then the scalable marketing, for instance, can can kind of grow from there, like the email, the social, like you're not against those things. You're just saying, you know, now may not be the right time to focus exactly. on other ways. And I think that's such a beautiful approach and one that I, in all my years, like so many people just don't emphasize that they're like, no, just get over it. Post on social. Yep. And it's really annoying. <laughs> it's really really it's really frustrating Mm -hmm. because it it makes a lot of people feel really defeated and I think it's because we see people see creating that success all the time because obviously they're going to be posting about it Mm -hmm. because they're the people who are who are good at it and that's great for them and I have so much respect for them but I think there are more people who feel a different way about it totally but I have a question for you that is a little bit opposite of what we were, what we're discussing. Cause I, again, I'm a full, I really believe. And I think for new business owners in particular, you're not going to scale your social media fast enough to be able to sustain a, a revenue. 
But I have a question for you. What do you think the benefits are to social media? Oh, there are incredible benefits to social media. I think it's a great tool. I just think we focus on it too much and we're building our businesses backward. (laughs) You You can reach a lot of people. I think that once you define your brand and you get that foundation, you can just amplify your message. Mm-hmm. So it's less of a specific marketing strategy than I like to go about. I like to know who I'm talking to first, be strategic about who I'm talking to, all of these things first. But if you know who you're talking to, if you're clear on your message, there's no reason why you shouldn't amplify it. Mm-hmm. And I think it could just be another source of leads for you, but not something that you should ever depend on because right. you don't know if it's going to get banned or you're going to get blocked or you're going to lose your audience. All of those different things that can happen. And you don't want to put so much time and energy and effort on something that could just go away. For sure. For sure. And it's so true. And I love that you say, you know, like, I, I love that your attitude towards it all. And again, it's, it's amazing. And it, this really sounds like it stemmed from starting your own business and you experiencing these pains and that are so relatable and so common. And I think I love that your perspective is just not against something, you know, like you say, rebellious nature, but you you do it in such a way that's very much like, no, like social media is a beautiful tool. Email is a great tool. The goal is not to never do it unless that's what you want to do. It truly is so like really going, bringing it, boiling it down to this is what you feel good about doing and feel confident in doing. Double down on that until you, until something else, until the opportunity to expand that presents itself. Yeah. It's all about having the choice. Just giving yourself, because every decision that you're making in your own business while you're building it is your choice. Mm -hmm. Whether you take that suggestion from the coach or you don't, that is up to you. Whether you implement any information you've gotten, that's your choice. And you should have the choice whether whether or not you want to be on social media. And one thing that I did want to talk about in your last question is that you can view social media in a different way. And this is a way that I teach people how to do it, is using it as a research tool and a way to connect. So I think posting is just something where you can start the conversation, Mm -hmm. but I think just skip to the conversation. Yeah. This can allow you to watch people in Facebook groups, what they're talking about, what they feel like they need, all of these gaps that you can find in places that you can support people. You Mm -hmm. can allow yourself to have conversations on this platform. I am on most social media platforms because most of my potential clients are going to want to reach out to me that way because they're most comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, she hasn't posted on Instagram and like six months or something, but they'll send me a message so that I can have that conversation. Right. with them. So you can look at, in, at social media in so many different ways. And right now I'm really using it as just a conversational tool. Yeah. And I grow and I scale my business. I'll have somebody who supports me in running my social media, mm-hmm. just at different phases of my business. I have that choice to implement yeah. things. Yeah, 100%. And I love that you, like you said, it kind of, it just comes down to exactly what is at the core of your business and who you are. And that's building connections, having those conversations with people 
and the tool at which you do it doesn't have to look the way that we've been told it needs to, right? Like you said, like, I haven't posted in six months, but I'm still DMing people. I'm still in there. Like, you know what I mean? I'm still going through. And I think that's so important to remember is that like, just because you use, again, we're talking, we're so focused on social media, but this really applies to, I think, so many other marketing channels. It's like, (laughs) just because you use or don't really use that tool the way that other people might doesn't mean that it can't be used. It doesn't mean you have to just, it's all or nothing. It can be just used in a different way. And I like to also break it down. I'm curious to know your thoughts on this because I break down social media in particular for social media, just for this example about it's a tool for brand awareness, right? Like if you're at, at a certain point, it's a tool, a great tool for conversions when your audience is, is engaged enough and free, you can kind of predict that sort of cycle. But until that you hit that point, it really is building that brand awareness. And like you said, establishing connections. I actually think there's a lot of value too in, in finding ways to strategically making sure that those strategic partnerships that you mentioned earlier are kind of caught, right? And like, like if they're sharing on social media and you're potentially absent from it, you know, that that is an avenue that you could say, you know what, let me, this is a way I can still connect, but it doesn't have to look the other way. And I think that I'm curious to know your thoughts on breaking it down from a brand awareness perspective and not necessarily a conversion perspective. Yeah, I think it's great for brand awareness. One of the things that I teach is setting it up like a website. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to post all the time, you don't have to post all the time, but people can access all the information that they need and you can direct them to a call to action to send you a message or a call to action to send them to a free training you have or to your website, wherever you want to do it. If you have all the information there, it can act just like a website and building that audience on the back end of those actions that we talked about is also something I talk about. Just do it passively in the background. Mm -hmm. That's another thing where I think we're doing it backwards is we think we're going to post and get in front of the right people. But you have to position yourself in front of the right people and then they're going to want to become part of your audience. And then once you grow, have the capacity, then you can nurture them more because you know they're already interested. They're already right, the right people. So you're going to have far more warm leads when you're ready to transition. And people think social media is such a quick and easy win because it's sold to us like that. And yeah. they sell it really, really well. Mm-hmm. And really having more conversations is going to be faster and easier to make conversions because your no like and trust factor builds so quickly Mm -hmm. when you're having deeper conversations, when you're understanding what that person needs, when that person feels you listening to them, rather than just scrolling by a post for 0.2 seconds, you have to build that up over months, years, sometimes like multiple years until it's like, yeah, maybe I'll buy from you. Should we yeah. have a conversation now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens, but definitely, you know, you can't predict that, right? I love your perspective. And I do, I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day, but I do actually want to talk about the cultivated vision as a whole. And I'm curious to know, you know, as we're talking about brand and marketing, of course, where do you see it going and growing and and it sounds like, you know, obviously this method is tried and true just for your own personal experience. 
but I guess I'm curious to know, like just cultivate vision as a whole, like, where is it, where, what's kind of your vision for it? Oh, I feel like I've created my vision for it. Amazing. What a great answer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad you asked me that because it's kind of one of those things when you build and build and build, Yeah, you're like, okay, eventually I'll get there. But I feel like I've really created what I've wanted to create. Yeah. And got the right people who I want to talk to. I want to give people this different perspective, give them the freedom and peace of mind to know that they can really be successful and not have this pressure to be an influencer or somebody they don't truly want to be. Yeah. And it's, I've never been so aligned with something and felt so strongly about something and wanted to work so hard on something in my life. And it's just building on what I have right now. It's building yeah. a brand. That's, I know authentic right now is kind of a dil diluted word, but really, truly like an authentic brand. Mm -hmm. And it's not all about you. Yeah. That's hard for people to hear sometimes, but it's about, okay, what are your strengths? What are you really good at? How can you really help transform people? And then what do they like? Mm -hmm. What do they bring to the table? How can you connect with them? And it's that beautiful like combination of that middle ground. And that's what your brand is. And I'm trying to really send the message to bring people of business back into service and yeah. into that mindset of you created a business to provide a service or provide a product that's going to help somebody solve a problem. And it's not supposed to be about us. It's not supposed to be about what we look like if we're saying the perfect thing and all oh, these I... things that we worry about all day. I love that. I just love everything that you're saying because it's so, and like, I relate to it just like marketing at my experience with marketing side, I still struggle because I'm a business owner and I'm new. Right. And I still, I even struggle with the shiny object syndrome. And I know so many people who do, it's like a constant conversation I have just with friends who own their businesses as well. And just everyone. And so I love your perspective. I, I really love and appreciate how organic it came to be because it was truly like, you not being like, you know what, let me see what offer I can do. It was never about that. It was never, it was always about like, huh, I'm having this issue. This is what I would do. <laughs> Other people are having this issue. This is what, maybe this will work for them. Like oh. it was so organic. And I, I, I really love that because we can get so, like you said, it's bringing people back to service. We can get so caught up in like, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. And all X, Y, and Z especially when we put a price sticker on it. And I, I just really love how, how organic it's been for you, or it seemingly has been, I'm sure. However, I'm curious to know what has been a big challenge for you since you kind of landed this. And um, if you don't mind sharing, like, you know, at one point, did you have, do you have any doubts about it? Or did you have any doubts about it? Or have you seen, has there been like almost glitch, I hate to say glitches, but for lack of a better word, glitches in the method or something like that? And how did you overcome them? So the biggest glitch in the system is me. <laughs> <laughs> Great so answer. It's so true. <laughs> there will be times where I find myself holding myself back because of judgment mm -hmm. of my perspective on the method yeah and of like social media marketing and I tried to make it extremely clear I have 
the utmost respect for influencers for sure. and yeah. I, they work incredibly hard and they do a great job and it's just showing people another perspective but I found myself not speaking up about it enough mm-hmm. because it's so common to hear oh you just need to post and I'll have those moments where I'm like oh I just need to post something mm-hmm. and I'll remind myself that is not where I get my clients And I get consistent clients doing exactly what I teach people how to do. And it's just from that constant kind of, you see it all the time. So that would be the biggest thing that holds me back is putting my message out there, asking for collaborations, all of those things, they all go really, really well. Mm -hmm. But it's just me getting in my own head of all the advice that I've gotten before and being like, it's time to do things differently. I so relate to that. And I know so many people, I I can literally think of like 10 people off the top of my head who can, (laughs) who said similar things. And like, I just like, we all just can get so easily get in our own way. And um, so I thank you for sharing that because I think that's such an important reminder. And also, like you said earlier, right, you got, you have to get comfortable doing things nervous, being nervous about when you're doing it and um, being kind of fighting through that fear and just kind of doing it anyway. And I think that's such a beautiful mentality. Um, okay, my final question for you, because I could like, like I said, I can go on forever. So I could do my phone <laughs> your time. Um, what has been the most fun part for you as a business owner, not related to your client? I mean, if if that is the part that's fun, that that's fair. But um just just you and building the cultivated vision, like what has been so rewarding or fun that you didn't really expect? Getting to build and create something that actually impacts people's lives. Because I I never would have thought in a million years when I was a little girl that I would have my own business, first of all. But I also grew up loving art. Mm-hmm. I was like in so many art classes. It was my love. I applied to college for art. How I ended up in science is a whole nother story. <laughs> but like I found my way back to it because really what I amplified in my message as a dietitian was this creative application of everybody's different. You have to find the best way to apply healthy eating and healthy lifestyle to you. Mm -hmm. And it just naturally transitioned into me getting to be creative and I guess the traditional way. And then building it into this business where I allow people to be themselves. And it's all this creativity kind of swirling together that's built into this business that's been so much fun for me to just watch people become more of themselves. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great answer. I love that. Watch people become more of themselves. Okay. Final, 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 I promise (laughs) question is what is kind of the number one advice that you would give people for people who are struggling and whether they're new in business or maybe they're just kind of at that pivot point of what do I do next? What should I do? What would you say to them? I would say go have five conversations this week. They don't have to be with anybody in particular. They can be with friends. They can be with family. They can be with strangers in a coffee shop. Just go in there, talk a little bit about what you do, ask questions about what people think about what you do or how they might explain what you do and where they might see gaps, things like that, where you can learn more about the people you can help And you can also learn more about like what you feel like you might need to do more of. 
That's beautiful. I love that. Well, thank you, Leslie. Uh, you provided so much value in just the short, short hour. I realized I took up so much of your time, um, but I really, really appreciate everything that you said. And I think so many people can relate. And where, where can everyone follow you and um, catch up on what you're doing? So you can follow me on Instagram. I won't post very much. Even if you talk to me. I also have a podcast called Not an Influencer, an Impact Maker. And that's on YouTube and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Amazing. I'm on LinkedIn. And where else am I? Pretty much everywhere. If you can find me, I'll have a conversation with you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you, Leslie. That's it for this week's episode of The Edge Effect. But the journey doesn't end here. We encourage you to take the lessons learned from our guests and apply them to your own entrepreneurial endeavors. As you navigate the ever-evolving world of branding and marketing, remember that it doesn't have to be overly complex. But communicating your brand effectively is an ongoing journey. It requires continuous refinement, a deep understanding of your audience, and an unwavering commitment to stay true to your story, the unique edge that sets you apart. Stay tuned for future episodes where we continue to unravel the challenges of branding and marketing through the incredible impact of human stories. Until next time, keep embracing the edge, embracing your story, and making a difference through your business. I'm Carolyn Crawford, and this has been The Edge Effect.